0: I'm Andy Green, and welcome to the Naked Man Podcast. My 2 k when I was enjoying all puberty had to offer, I spent several hours every night on AOL Instant Messenger under the screen name Spiffy Guy, G-Y. GUY was taken. I roamed chat rooms and struck up conversations with random strangers, often pretending to be older, sometimes female, or even from other parts of the world. I had different names, I had girlfriends, I cybered with God knows who, I explored with who I was and wasn't in this new frontier of the internet. I talked more with my online friends than I did with my real-life friends. I shared more with them, too. It was easier. It was safer. I found people who shared the same passions I did who also felt isolated and lonely. After the X-Men movie in 2000, I swapped out my Pokemon cards for comic books. I joined the Marvel.com message boards as Dr. Doom 2099 and spent what money I had on comic books and what time I had online online with my similarly obsessed friends, which includes this week's guest. He goes by the moniker Goki, the origins of which will be explained shortly. Goki and I met on the Marvel message boards. There was a role-playing forum that I jumped into without having any idea what I was talking about or what I was doing, and Goki immediately reached out and gave me pointers. Goki has always been my comics and internet steward. Along with our pal Avenging Angel 214, we would talk every night about the comics we were reading, the movies and shows we were watching, sometimes even about personal stuff, hatching imaginary futures where we would all meet in person, relishing in our geekdom. At some point, I created a message board of my own called Comic Castle, where Goki was one of the founding members and became a long-standing moderator and shepherd for new members into the community. Goki is and was always the best of us, the kindest, the goofiest, the pepsiest, the most willing to take part in whatever project or fanciful idea AA and I had. We role-played together, we wrote reviews together, we blogged together— Goki was always generous with his knowledge, teaching me about the vast comic book lore I didn't know. Goki helped make this new and unfamiliar world feel safe and magical, one I far preferred from high school. Of course, like with many friends, we grew up. We went to college. Marvel became the most popular IP in the world instead of something I felt ashamed of loving. The internet changed, we changed, but thanks to Facebook, we never lost contact. Goki became and Spiffy became Andy. This week, we traveled back, To a simpler time for an exploration of our life online and the experimentation with our identities therein. This week, Goki and I see each other in the flesh for the first time. Goki has always been the trusty and responsible gatekeeper for this time in our lives. He is the protector, the Heimdall character that will help propel us across the Bifrost, the rainbow bridge that will deliver us back to our own personal Asgard. Goki, welcome back to Comic Castle. Welcome to the Naked Man Podcast.
1: Wow! It is great to be here. I guard the Bifrost. Oh man, top that! Jeez, that was great. I love that intro. (laughs) Thank
0: you. I loved writing it. I loved thinking about it. I I love this this theme. Thank you. I know. I mean, we're both cooler than I thought we were.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think it took a while for me to become this cool. Some coolness, some coolness is in, is like born, is like innate within you, and some of it you've got to learn. You know what I mean. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm just trying to learn from you goki that's where I'm at
1: ah oh, thanks I feel like I feel like back in the day I was like learning from you I was learning from like you and like aA you guys were like you guys were hit like compared to me you know what I mean <laughs> we were- <laughs> totally I was like I was totally behind the curve on everything you were reading all the cool comics I was like reading X and some other stuff and it took me a while to catch up to you guys.
0: I guess with everything, if I'm really into it, I just jump into it and I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. Dr. Doom 2099. I've never, I've still never read Dr. Doom 2099. What? Really? (laughs) Yeah. I just thought it was cool. Yeah. It is cool. And he looks cool. That was the only, you know, 13 year old reason I needed was like, but I still have never read the Doom 2099 series. So there we go. That's, that's my first reveal that everyone has been waiting to hear.
1: That is the first stripping down to naked moment we're having on this episode.
0: <laughs> uh, that, yeah, one, one article of clothing is off. Okay, yeah, the, the helmet behind Dr. Doom. You can see my scarred face.
1: Exactly. Our listeners, or should I say our voyeurs, are excited, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Goki, how are you feeling in this moment?
1: How am I feeling? I'm feeling actually, I I don't want to be cliche, but I am feeling good. I'm super excited we're doing this. Like since you told me, hey, since you asked me to do this, I have been like building it up in my head, rehearsing things I could say. I'm stoked and things in life are good. You know, I'm vaccinated. Congratulations. Yes, yes. You know, it's amazing how different you feel after you get vaccinated and you realize how much stress you were under, you know, before getting the shots. It's uh, it
0: feels like armor, right? It feels like the Doom armor. It feels like I have some power <laughs> that I didn't before. Oh my god! We will all be wearing armor because we can't breathe or touch each other, or else we'll all die, like pretty much immediately. That's a Doom is
1: the future. You yeah. heard it here. Doom was ahead of the curve. Nobody cares. Okay, Reed, Reed, Reed was the Reed was wrong. Reed Richards was wrong. Doctor Doom had it right. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I feel the same. I like I always get nervous for, you know, anything like this. Doesn't matter how many times I do it. Doesn't matter who it is on the like it could be I was going to say my mom, but like I think that would actually make me even more nervous. I don't know, like cuz it's just I don't know. I just want it to be fun and good. And then like I think the second I saw you I was like, "Oh, this is going to be fun and good." Like
1: ah, yeah. likewise. I mean, I already knew. I mean, like just having known you so long and and the, what we're going to talk about, right? Getting to know the real you. Your personality, your essence, with without a lot of your personal details. Like I already knew this is going to be great. That's
0: the. I think that's the whole thing is that there was this illusion that maybe we were different people. You as Goki, me as Spiffy or Doom. You know, like that was like somehow. Yeah, it wasn't us, but like like you said, I think the essence is there, and I feel like I just felt the essence. I was like. Oh, like even though I like even I know what you look like now, but because that would have been, I think, a bigger shock. Right. Like it was just like, whoa, he looks
1: kind of like me, but with worse hair. Jeez.
0: <laughs> is that is that the description?
1: <laughs> That's your description for me. Never. Not mind of you. <laughs> for the record. Thanks. It's for- so mean. I mean. Yeah. Andy, you know, I hate to break it to you. but if we're being honest on this podcast, you no. Know, I like that you said it'd be so mean, but you said that's what I'm thinking. So I'm yeah. No, you're not. You're no. You know. No, no. Of course not. Of course no. But seriously, I oh you always came off as like like the nicest, coolest dude. I I no no hyperbole.
0: Oh. I thought the same thing of like you and David, uh, who's AA, uh, Avenging Angel Two Fourteen. Hopefully, if he's
1: listening, hi David. Uh, hi David. If you or- don't like my voice, don't tell me. <laughs>
0: I love your voice, Goki. We should have been doing this way earlier. Um, I know. You were were terrified to do it. I I know I was. I know you you were, and I guess are, more private- and probably more mistrustful of the internet, and for good reason. I think that was sort of proven why... um,
1: Yes, yes. Our our listeners slash lawyers should know how many times we talked about what names we are going to use on here. We always knew Andy was going to be Andy, Andy Green, (laughs) Spiffy Dude, Full Disclosure, but me, it was like, I'm just going to dip half my toe in the water. You know, And, and part of that comes from, like, my upbringing. My mom loves crime shows she watches she used to at least she sometimes still does now but she used to watch like crime shows all the time and like read like you know the crime stuff in the news so she'd always be like hey honey did you hear about so-and-so who like got hacked to pieces last night i'm like no no i didn't it's like I was two states away. You better be careful. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> two states.
0: She told a random stranger her first name. You know.
1: And that was it. That yeah. was the end of it. You know. Like so. My mom was always like, "Listen, if you're online, don't ever tell anybody your real name. Don't tell them your age. Don't tell them where you're from. Don't tell them your ASL." Look at you. We
0: were gonna we're supposed to do that at the beginning here. Well What is your ASL? Uh, and you can do it as if your mom is watching or listening.
1: Mom, I'm 34. (laughs) Sex is male. Location, and for you, mom, I will say this is simply east. Ah, I I am
0: about to be 33 in two days, so but we'll still say 32. Male, and I realize that ASL is very—it's very binary. You know, like it uh, doesn't—it's—it's outdated. And then location, right now, Glendale, California. Uh, Woo! Go (laughs)
1: Glendale!
0: we did it Glendale and East we don't know where East but that's where Goki is he's always been East in my heart always three hours ahead
1: of me Goki you always know something this is true this is true the fact that he's told you my time zone now gives you an extra clue huh so eagle eared listeners oh no it's okay I mean I mean that doesn't narrow it down I mean it takes a few countries out and a few continents but it's just can't write it down
0: that much. Oh, I'm going to blow up your spot for sure. And this stuff. Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I think your mom was smart for saying that and for being cautious on the internet because God knows who we were talking to most of the time, right? Yeah. And I think what would you say? Like, I want to say a couple years. I think before I like came clean in terms of like how old I was with you and Dave and with everyone. I think it was sort of you feel out and you can sort of eventually tell that you're around the same age. You're like, oh, okay. like I won't like really embarrass myself when I say that I'm 14, but I remember, I think for a couple times, I would always still say a year or two older, just in case. And then I think maybe you would say like something else and then I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm actually this age.
1: Oh, thank God. Believe you know? it or not, with me, you actually told me really early on. I don't even remember, I don't know if it was like the Marvel message boards, which is where we met, by the way. Yeah, I, I just knew so early that, you, I always knew that you were a year younger. I always felt like the young,
0: I mean, I, I guess I was the young one of the three of us, but it also like we were interacting with people that were in their twenties and thirties. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, that was in a way, the first group of adults that I interacted with that weren't family. Like, was that the same for you? Yeah.
1: It was like, you know, I think I, you I, I in general have always gotten along pretty well with adults, but it was like the first time I talked to an adult, like a peer, they were like, somebody who I knew for school or something like that, for example. Like, it's amazing how those boundaries online, even if they tell you your age, those boundaries online just aren't as strong, you know? And they feel like, yeah, somebody more more your age range. It's weird.
0: I was going to ask you, what brought you to AIM and Marvel in particular, I guess?
1: Back when we started, before there was really like, you know, Internet Explorer, Google Chrome, blah, 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 Microsoft Edge, whatever, Firefox. There was AOL, America Online, which was the quote-unquote browser. So easy to use, no wonder it's number 1. <laughs> GoKey was my my just my AOL name because I, I you know my dad was like, "Hey, you you kids should have your own accounts now." You know, so I did that and I used to visit DC Comics and MarvelComics.com every single day, especially because I couldn't read a lot of comics growing up. Like my mom in particular was a little kind of like, "I don't know, you should be reading comics. You should be reading books." It was the X-Men movie in the 2000, that changed my mom's mind. But anyway. Sorry, I was just going to say, that's a big movie in your life then
0: too, the X-Men 2000
1: movie. Yeah, it was like, it was validation. Like, you know, my mom was like, man, this is great. This huge Jackman with the claws is awesome. Like, it's a comics are cool. <laughs> Finally, that got me into a comic store. But yeah, before then, I'd go to Marvel.com and DC.com and I'd just read all the information. I'd read the solicitations, which for people who don't know are the little descriptions of comics that are coming out. And one day, I saw that Marvel.com had opened its own message boards, and that's how I got in it.
0: And and I guess I did the same. I mean, clearly, I just wanted to find people to talk about comics with, you know, because it was this, like, new obsession. And this was before, I feel like nerd was, like, a bad thing back then, you know, uh, and being a geek, or, or at least I wasn't comfortable enough to, like, be Me, you know, I I mean I wasn't gonna be carrying my beanie babies into school, you know, or whatever it was, or I guess Pokemon though, like that was pretty ubiquitous. Everyone like everybody
1: was like into Pokemon until they suddenly like super hated it. And anybody who liked Pokemon was a nerd, a dweeb, and an undesirable.
0: Yeah, you know, that might have made me be like, Oh, okay, yeah, Pokemon isn't cool anymore, they're right. And then but then like the X-Men movie like reminded me how much I liked X-Men the animated series. And that arcade game, you know, as a kid, and it sort of was like, oh, this is what I, you know, want to, you know, jump and spend all my money on. I was staying up late for me. So, like, who knows, like, for you, like, how you got any sleep. It felt like every day, I want to say, maybe we take a day or two off. How many, like three to five hours a day almost? It felt like just talking, not always intensive. It was sort of like we can pick up and leave off while we like- Leave the house down. or, you know. Right, that would have been nice. <laughs> we couldn't really leave the house. It's three in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it was the thing. Like, I know that I would just log on at various hour, various parts of the day, but like it was, it was like, it was, it was addictive too. Just the mere act of being part of an online community because you're always checking to see if you got new posts, right? Which nowadays is new texts.
0: I realized that this is where the writing started for me, right? And and it sounds like for you too. And and I don't think I knew that. It's sort of, I was just having fun. Well, even the conversations we would write to each other, that was the best education I think I could have. Because I think for me, especially this time was a time of sort of figuring out who I was, or at least I was definitely more myself spiffy was more andy than andy in high school if that makes sense right yeah Is that the same for you were you more under wraps or were you the same you know sort of goofy fun loving a goki in school
1: well it's sort of it's a conflict story i guess when i was younger i was very kind of quiet or introverted and then when i became 14 just a little before the marvel message awards opened up that's when i'm like I don't get it. I'm not shy at home. I'm, I, I'm always joking around with my family. Why can't I bring my home self to school? And that's when I made my big push. And, you know, for the rest of that year in the ninth grade, like it was uh, like a whole new world had opened up and I made tons of friends and I was so happy. Online goki is an extension of that, but I guess even more uninhibited. So, so
0: it sounds like actually then you maybe didn't have this sort of dual thing going, like it's sort of I mean, I guess I was going to ask, did you keep your, you know, your passions for comics and, you know, and the Batman animated series and stuff like that, was that under wraps or was that something you were like a proud badge that you wore?
1: Early on, when I was was more introverted, I would keep quiet. You know, sometimes I'd bring a comic to school, but I'd kind of like go to a corner and read it. But once I became more extroverted and people like really responded well to that or whatever, I would sometimes, at this point I was buying comics, I would bring comics to school, my stats... People be like, oh, you like comics? Cool. And this was, of course, right when X-Men was coming out, when Spider-Man was coming out. So the perception of comics and or at least the characters was starting to change.
0: Yeah, I feel like I definitely didn't have that confidence. And, and I think a lot of it was imagined. Like, I think if I had just owned it, right, but it felt like, to me, AIM was the only place where I felt like I could do it, you know? And uh, and I think it wasn't until my my moment of, like, sort of the... The blossoming of Andy, I guess, was senior year of high school. And I think that also sort of coincided with, I think, a lot less, you know, message boards and and uh, and aim. I guess it was just the senior year thing of like, oh, who cares anymore?
1: Exactly. Uh, and, and this is a surprise for me to hear because you came off to me the same way you described me just now as a person who's just very funny, like very witty, very sharp. You know, like I thought that was like I thought that was you all the time. Which it was, I mean, but like I, there was like you were less be more afraid to show it
0: in public, yeah, I definitely was it was sort of uh I think my my high school self was always afraid of making a decision about who I was, right you know, it felt like you had to be so, like a certain part of the clique, you had to be something, you had to be the jock, you had to be the goth or whatever, which is nonsense, but it sort of felt like i didn't I never felt like I belonged in any sort of of those, I sort of wanted to blur the edges of all those like even sort of the nerds or like the IB kids you know i was a partial ib person and everyone was full and it was sort of like i think everything that i've been i've sort of always been that in between i think online it didn't feel like that and especially like i think it was so much easier to pretend to be someone else like i mean i think i was pretty much the same person with you and david and but like on, on other interactions i could be patrick you know i could create characters i could be and I and I know I did that and it was fun, but like I, it, it doesn't strike like that you did that. Did you do that? No, or, or? no.
1: It, yeah, you know. And I think it was probably the fact that it, it coincided with that moment where I'm like, I'm gonna be myself the way and I'm gonna be how I was at home in public, and, how, and that it ended up being who I am in public. I ended up being what I am online. Just feeling that confidence about myself at the time, you know, I, I didn't feel the need to like pretend to be somebody else. Although I was on the receiving end of that, i tell a little story. And I'm not going to say Ooh. the person's name or their handle. Instead, I'm going to use Star Wars pseudonyms. <laughs> okay. Okay. So later on, uh, we're going to talk about this soon. Like, uh, I I got into online role playing, and I was on a a, a DC superhero one, and um, there was a person there who went by the name of again Star Wars pseudonyms, not the actual name, Leia, right? <laughs> And Leia told us she was a girl, she was super funny, super energetic, very off, like, bouncy, off-the-wall humor, you know, and we were all, we, in addition to the board, we had this, um, like, AIM chat room, which in theory was for us to, like, discuss story ideas, but it was just us, like, clowning around. So she very much became a part of, of that chat, you know, like, she was, she was one of us, you know, we, we came to, like, trust her and everything and, and you know. And one day, and I don't remember if she wrote to me privately or if it was in the chat, she said, hey, listen, there's something you should know. I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm not really Leia. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm not a girl either. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm Han. (laughs) It was surprising, but, you know, and and, and then, and then Fallon goes on to explain to me, he's like, listen, I, um, basically I, I, one day I thought I'd try pretending to be Leia and try pretending to be a woman and everybody seemed to like me better. So I kept doing it, you know, and I, hearing this, I was, I was kind of heartbroken. You know, I was thinking this poor, this poor guy, my friend felt the need to, pretend to be somebody else because he thought people would accept him more that way so right away i, I let him know it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're han or you're Leia or you're male or you're female like i've gotten to know the real you this past year and as mr rogers would say i like you just the way you are
0: oh man goki that was an amazing story yeah i I think that's the lesson of it, right? Is that like we did know who we were—the sort of superficial, like how old we were, even our names, our the gender, sex, whatever we identified with—and and 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 maybe Han was experimenting with that in in his life as well, like exactly, you know. And, And I think that was what was so cool about it. There, it did feel like there was freedom and no judgment when you found the, the right people of course. Yeah, you know, I think it was with David and maybe you or I guess you said that I, I told you my age really early or maybe I was very obvious, but I feel like I had that moment with David early on. I was like, I'm actually fourteen, don't hate me, you know? And he was just like, I'm actually fifteen, don't hate you know <laughs> it <was just> like, <laughs> Um That's
1: so great because you know, that conversation could have happened with like somebody three times your age at a cafe with like evil intentions, you know?
0: I think that's what everyone is thinking or or, you know, when when saying that I'm talking to people in chat rooms, it's like, oh my God, that's dangerous or like that's horrible. But it was also like I I felt safe even though I knew there was weird people in there. This like it's probably easier for me to say this now, but it almost felt like a safe way to like encounter predator predators in a way. Like like you, you could notice the people and you could I could learn like, oh okay Stay away from this person or not trust this person. It was sort of like a—I was learning that Internet language early, I guess. Oh, totally. Um,
1: And like, you know, with with my my mom having like ingrained this this need to like to be cautious, like it made it sort of easy to like identify these people because you never give out too much information. But then you start to realize when somebody's like acting a little weird, like and not and not in the sort of endearing kind of way. Like, you better look out (laughs) because if this person knows more about you, you could be in danger. Which, for those listening, happens to me at least way less often than one might think. Sorry, one second. Did you hear that beeping? Oh, uh, uh, (laughs) Maya, the, uh, what, what do you call it? The cuckoo clock went off. let's talk a bit about getting to know people in a different way in terms of dating. So I have okay. to ask you, you teased me with Sarah the Sad Wiccan and and, and with, with a description like that, I have to know the story behind Sarah the Sad Wiccan.
0: Sarah the Sad Wiccan was my first girlfriend ever. And she was, I feel like we met in a chat room. And of course, you know, to this day, I have no idea who she actually was. She could be a man she who knows and that doesn't really matter again you know it's sort of like uh, I just remember this sort of emotion she was very she was very emotional and very sad she felt very depressed and it was sort of actually in my life I think I sort of sometimes attract those people because I'm sort of missed I'm spiffy right I'm I'm positive I can carry the the sort of sad part exactly um, which taught me to bury the sad part or or be like oh I'm not allowed to be sad because I have to be happy for them, which isn't the right lesson. (laughs) But with Sarah, that's sort of what our relationship was. It was just like, I, we were both 14. And it was just like, she was really miserable. But also like a Wiccan and would tell me about that stuff, which I I knew nothing about, but I thought it was cool. I feel like in hindsight, I think it was just sort of, she was similar to me as like, she hadn't like read Dr. Doom 2099. She was like, a Wiccan, but she just sort of wanted to be one. But like, that's cool. That's half of it. Right. Just saying like, oh, I'm Sarah the Wiccan. Yeah. I don't think we ever shared photos like, because I know many times I would send fake photos of me. I never very rarely sent a a real photo. Maybe I did with her because it felt like this was the, the sort of like I said, it was a relationship kind of. It was sort of There was no responsibility, though, other than like, I'm going to be online anyway, talking with you and David. I think this is where my multitasking brain was really sharpened. You know, I was like, you know, have eight windows, eight conversations going on. And Sarah was one of them. And I was able to sort of, I guess, be an ear for her. I have no idea. I hope she's doing okay, Sarah, if you're out there. Hit me up. That would be a trip. Yeah. If it's Han or Leia, it doesn't matter. Like Goki says.
1: Yes. Han, Leia, if you, if you probably know who you are based on the story, reach out to me sometime. You are missed. Oh, and I think just the act of me being sort of
0: like a, sort of a protector or, you know, I think that was sort of like, Ooh, I'm kind of the masculine, like it was feeding that part of myself too, of like, Ooh, I'm the, the strong man. I never feel like that. And, and, quote unquote, real life, yeah. but you're, I'm helping this person, A superhero. And like, we would have like really intimate conversations, I think. And I think we did, I mean, I don't know, like we did have cyber sex is what I was going to say, but like, what is like, that, that is so ridiculous to me. Cause I knew nothing about real sex and it would just be, I mean, it was like erotic fan fiction, basically. That's what it, that's what it was. But even that is also writing and imagining. And it was fun. You know, it was just like, what am I? I don't know what to say. You know, you're like writing and looking up <laughs> things on the internet. Exactly, like,
1: <laughs> it's, it's a skill.
0: Well, and like convincing people that like you know what you're talking about. Like that's what it was for me. Exactly. Well, it also
1: teaches you. You know, everybody says write from life, but writing's only half that. You also have to learn to write outside your experience, and be, being online helps you with that because you can, if you really wanted, you can pretend to be somebody else, or you can, if you join a role playing board you act out the life of a single person, right? And that teaches you to sort of leave your head and enter somebody else's and really think about things differently.
0: What do you discover, discover about yourself when you're doing that?
1: Oh man, yeah. I mean, you discover how many different facets of yourself that you, you have. You discover how easy how easy it can be sometimes to get into another person's head, even if they're like, you know, the undisputed monarch of Liberia or something like that.
0: Yeah, the villain, right? Yeah, but like then we learn why Doom is the way... Yeah, you sort of
1: realize, well, yeah, I mean, this poor guy, he had a really difficult childhood, you know, like, he had this sort of facial scarring going. His ego stems from people telling him he was nothing all his life. By role-playing, by writing in general, but by role-playing in particular, you really hone in onto this fictional identity and and you really get to, like, know and understand them. And that's part of the the appeal of role-playing. Plus, you get to do it with other people, right? And you get to write in a really unique way that you don't do just by writing by yourself.
0: Well, it's basically empathy. That's what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There can be something cathartic about being the evil guy or the jerk, right? Because sometimes in real life, you, you know, things can tick you off. Like either things you kind of like you keep bottled up and then through villains or morally shady characters, you can kind of unbottle it. You want to be like Henry Peter Geirich, he's a total jerk,
0: like lean into it. I totally agree with that. And I I often see myself as, I mean, I'm very hard on myself. And I I see, I paint myself as the villain most of the time. Maybe that is why, you know, even at 13, I was like, okay, I'm the, I'm doomed. I'm the bad guy here. But what I really loved... The most fun I ever had acting was in a a show called De Colores, where I was, they basically were like, okay, you're Michael Scott, but like sort of worse, you know, I was basically the white man villain. And, you know, like one scene, I I come into the grocery store wearing a Black Panther costume and saying Wakanda forever. (laughs) Like, And it was so much fun, but also, like you said, cathartic because like that's, and sometimes that's the awful white person that I feel like. But also I under, and I can understand that person, which is sort of where the shame comes from. Or like, I know that person, but also it's like, Oh, I can, I get to use this to basically take the piss out of this person. I am the butt of every joke. And that feels, that feels good in that scenario in real life. I hate being embarrassed or the butt of a joke. Oh, man, it's it just feels so good to get a laugh when you're when you're the asshole in that scenario, because it's like, okay, they now know they see the truth of this guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, like, you know, especially in that context, since it's a fictional context, people's guards aren't up as much. So they see that. like, Oh, yeah, (laughs) I know that guy.
0: So, I mean, it sounds like for for you, you found a sense of community in school and online. For me, it was sort of mostly online until later. What Was the community different, you know, the ones that you'd have in, you know, quote unquote real life than online? Or like, were you sort of scratching different itches?
1: Oh, you know oh I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Because the one major difference was that despite the fact that I had, I had a lot of friends and was really happy and comfortable back then in high school, I couldn't talk to them about comics. You know, I didn't know a single comic book reader. I knew one guy who was like a casual reader, but he was more into like Star Wars. The internet was where I could finally talk about this passion, you know, that I had stacks and stacks of in my room, you know, and and that scratched an itch that I had not been able to scratch since maybe ever. And that's why it was so important for me.
0: And that's what's so cool. All of a sudden it was like, oh, people like comic books here. This is great. You know, and that was what we talked about. Forever, yeah. you know, and it was also the safe place to then we would venture into more personal things. But it was sort of really about the hobby. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about Comic Castle. I, I realized this when putting together the outline for our episode. I was like, oh, is this just and I even said, welcome to Comic Castle, like at the beginning. Is that what this is? Is that maybe I was sort of being I was the host, right? Like that was sort of what I was. I was the admin of Comic Castle. And now I guess I'm doing that again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how did it feel? Did you feel like you had this responsibility on your shoulders? Cause like to me, you were like one of the most chill administrators ever. Like you never felt like I was talking to like an admin superior unless I was like, oh, can I get like, you know, administrative privileges on this on the X-Men forum, you know? But like other than that, you were just it felt like you were just like one just one of us, just like another poster
0: you know, when my PE teacher told me to join leadership, I didn't actually do that in real life. But i made a message board. And I guess I was kind of a leader in a way of that. I don't know, it's interesting. I I, I think I am I was much more chill yeah. online, like, like all the times you're describing me, I was very chill, and very cool. In real, I mean, I'm a anxious person. And I didn't, I didn't know that I didn't know that I, I had anxiety. It's sort of, only came to me when I was twenty and thirties that I realized like, oh, that's why I'm always nervous and and always like have this pit in my stomach and and feel antsy. Uh, but I guess I didn't have that about this. I was sort of I don't I was gonna say the stakes were lower, but like it was really I don't know if that's exactly true. It was sort of I think I just felt comfortable. I sort of waited until my parents were asleep and my sister was was asleep. And that was another thing. It was almost like a secret from them. Did you have any embarrassing moments online where sort of your identity as a kid or as not Goki, the, the real you, come out?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can only really think of one, and it's, it's pretty taint. You know, after the Marvel message boards, when I first started going to the other boards, I let my first name slip, which at the time was a big deal you know and I was kind of like oh my gosh I wasn't I wasn't supposed to do that so I immediately like oh that, that's not my name my name is I don't even remember it was like I said it's just it's Ronnie I don't, I don't remember the fake one I, I said some of them kind of bought it and then later on when I got to know them better I'm like okay I'm pretty sure they're not trying to lure me into anything weird I said okay my real name was what I said it was <laughs> <laughs> and that's it that's like the most embarrassing I ever got
0: yeah, that is pretty tame, but that's also indicative of where you were, and and that you were being, I think, rightfully so, like private and safe. I feel like I do remember a, a ping of like learning your name, and that being a big deal, like when you shared that with me, because I think it was, it, it did take a while. It's almost like an "I love you" in, in in aim
1: of sort of like, oh, I'm ready to tell you. Maybe that was the sign, like that was like, you know, just the fact that I blurted it out was like, okay. Like uncomfortable these guys are safe and maybe my
0: that's my brain my subconscious telling me that that makes i think that's true my the one that i remember and it's it's also tame but i just remember having a lot of embarrassment because it was just so obvious that i was a child was i was on the cinema blend like what became the cinema blend like website so it's it's a big deal now for like movie reviews and movie news and stuff and i was like one of the main people i think on it And I feel like I was one of the, like, I feel like I was cool. You know, I don't think I was a moderator, but I was like, you know, one of the big posters on there. And there was a guy who loved the blue beetle. And he, to me was the coolest guy. He was hilarious, confident, and he was my favorite, like basically poster. And I think that would happen where like, you would basically look up to these people and you could tell that like, okay, this guy's older or like, He's uh, like, oh, I want to be this guy, right? Like I was I was sort of idolizing the Blue Beetle. I don't, I think that even might've been his name. I'm not sure. But I remember basically I did a post where I just shared a bunch of Blue Beetle photos as a gift to him. I was just like, so like, oh, here, I found all these like cool Blue Beetle photos. And then I remember I posted it and then everyone responded in sort of like a, oh, but it was like very obvious. Like, I think he was like sort of embarrassed for me and also like, Oh, thank you. I can just Google too. Although I don't know if Google was what it was, but it was sort of like, "Why are you doing this?" and it was sort of this like embarrassing like token of affection that sort of outed me as like, "Oh, this guy, this kid, this is a kid." And I, I think I never recovered and feeling comfortable at that that message board again. Later in life, I was like, "Oh man, if I hadn't done that, I might have been like a reporter for Cinema Blend right now." Oh, you know, when I was, That
1: was what ended um, it.
0: I I think I just felt so embarrassed. I was just like, oh, no. Uh, And it was embarrassing. Like, I think the reaction to it was sort of, I don't think I was necessarily made fun of, but it was just like, whoa, you know, that's weird, you know, Uh, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
1: what you make me think of? I I spent time working at a school for a while, and you you made me think of when, when kids, like, give you drawings and stuff like that, you know, that was like, that was your version of that.
0: Yeah, no, it totally was. Like, I look up to this person, and here's me sharing that, But it was in a very, it was an embarrassing way. And also, like, I didn't, we weren't, like, talking outside of the message board. So it was sort of like it came out of left field. I think if it was, like, you or something and I did it, you would have been nice enough to be like, oh, this is so cool. Yay! You know, Goki photos or whatever. Whereas he was just like, oh, I didn't know you had, like, a crush on me, basically. (laughs) It's, It's kind of how it happened. And I was just like, oh, I guess I do have a crush on you. And now I feel like I
1: can't. Be myself anymore. Uh, especially when you're young, because you were what, maybe 13, 14 at that point. Like, you still want to get like kids are really into getting people's approval, you know? Like, oh, I mean, but again, damn. working at a school, like they always wanted to give me stuff to show me what they were doing. Yeah, I think it's very endearing. Especially now, having worked in that environment, I understand it even better. I'm like, so that's why we do that stuff when we're kids, you know? And if all, it's all—it's too bad that they didn't have. I mean, I assume that a lot of them were not parents yet, that they didn't have that knowledge to sort of see, oh, this is just a kid expressing his admiration for an older person.
0: Right. I, well, I mean, well, A, I am still that kid who wants appreciation and, and validation. Oh, I think. Who is it, right? Yeah, that's like what, you know, a writing thing. That's what the podcast is. You know, like I, you know, I'm, I'm living and dying on someone's opinion. Right. Yeah. I care about what people think, and you know, and I would like to pretend I don't. But that's clearly why I would be pretending online, you know, and not doing it in high school. But like, I still do feel like that kid who like has a bunch of photos of for someone, right? That is endearing, you know. If someone did that for me, I would be.
1: It's so funny, man! Like I said, he sent you a picture of Doom two thousand ninety nine for your birthday. I'm like, why you never read one of his comics? I can't believe it. I still loved it. Oh, thank you, thank you.
0: That's I think where I wanted to sort of circle us back maybe toward we're where, where heading back into the station you know heimdall is going to bring us back here and I, I wanted to a ask you what was your setup like where where were you during all of our conversations what was your fortress of solitude
1: well it was at first it was like my parents' computer because i would also use it to do homework you know so a lot of that stuff was like mine and then eventually i got a laptop because <laughs> like I started needing like extra time for stuff in school. And one of the permissions was that I could use a laptop to take notes in class. So the laptop became sort of like my later place. So it all really depended on like what desk I was on. Like sometimes it was at like the dining room table. Sometimes it was on the kitchen table. My room, my, all my tables are like covered with stuff. we covered with stuff, right? So I couldn't really actually use the computer there. So it was always like somewhere in the house, just not in my room, you know? So yeah, like it actually
0: seems indicative of you, like you're sort of bouncing around and, and we're sort of more open. Mine was only in one place and it's not like it was in the living room in the corner. It was the family's computer. Okay. and I think that was sort of why I would always be on later after everyone was asleep, so like no one would be wanting the computer. And there, yeah, back then it was only one computer in the house. I did have a computer in my room, but it didn't have the internet. That was where I wrote erotic X-Men fan fiction, for sure. Which was a lot of fun. I wish I still had those, because God, they'd <laughs> <did>, be <yeah. laughs>
1: I don't even know what, like, kind of, like, double entendre jokes you can tell anymore
0: with that. For me, it was like, I was thinking about, like, how the powers, their their superpowers and abilities would interact during intercourse, basically. But it was also sort of this, like, teaching. It was academy, right? The school for gifted youngsters. So it was just sort of, like, the teachers and the students. And it so it was definitely, like, some sort of weird fantasy on that level too, I guess, or like the older, younger. But yeah, it was definitely just... Me having no idea what I was writing about. Yeah,
1: you know? <laughs> Dude, that's also like your like figuring out like how their powers factor in. That's such a Graham Morrison thing. Spoilers for those who haven't read a twenty-year comic series. You know, Cyclops has an affair, a psychic affair with Emma Frost. Right? It's completely telepathic. They use basically Emma's telepathy as a way to like have an affair without making it actually physical. You know, it's just amazing how ahead of it, ahead of its time that idea was, and by extension, how ahead of its time your fanfic was.
0: <laughs> I don't think it was ahead of its time, Goki. You're too kind as always. <laughs> well, so I, I want to circle back to sort of where we are now. Like I mentioned at the beginning, Facebook opened the portal of like, we saw what we looked like. We sort of kept in tabs of each other's lives. Once college hit, even before that, I think senior year of high school, like when I basically came out of my shell and quote unquote real life, I did sort of, it was almost like quitting cold turkey and, and doing this now with you. I'm just like, man, why... I wish I could have kept on going a little bit, but I think I had to go into all in on college, right? Or something like that. Totally. I don't know. How has your like, sort of internet and the message board journey progressed or gone since we were, we stopped talking every night? For,
1: for a little bit, it was still kind of business as usual because, you know, in addition to Common Castle, I had the role playing stuff going on. Right. So right. that's when I joined like that DC message board. Like by then, like CC4 was a very recent memory. And then in like 09, that message board closed. And after that, role playing just became a lot more haphazard for me, you know, because I, you know, I was in college, too. And I was like, I have to not fail. So it was getting a little harder to manage the, the RP hobby. And then, like, you know, when I entered college 2004, like it was like that was when Facebook became public to po- colleges, right? So that I was in it from like the, that really early stage. It's definitely different. Being my real self on social media is, it's not as liberating and especially now, it's it's just not as fun, you know? I, I And it's nice that even when we connected on, on social media as our real names, I still feel like my online self when I talk to you. And the same goes with all my online friends.
0: It didn't change at all. You know, I think it was sort of, there isn't a difference. It was imagined in my head the whole time, Goki. (laughs) And, And I actually had this thought that, you know, when I went to college, I had the Comic Castle experience. I actually was connecting with people. I met people who read comics and they loved them. They were just getting into it. And it was sort of the reverse. I had sort of stopped. And then I was sort of like, they, they dragged me back in, but I was also was able to give them sort of the knowledge of the previous few years. It was sort of like that role reversal where I felt like I was the newbie, but now it sort of felt like I was this like the old wizened wizard coming back for one final adventure. That's so cool. Uh, but, but what was cool was like, oh, I can like whatever I want in college and I will find the people that like it, too. And it, it felt like I didn't know how to do that in high school. Have you met anyone in person? You know that you met online.
1: I have, in fact. Yes, sir. I have met two people. One who I don't think she really minds if I use her real if I use her real name, but I'll just use the name of that she, that I first knew her by: uh, Rogue Sugar. And <laughs> right, and uh, I met her and her husband, who was also a role player. Uh, at that point, we we first met on an role playing board. And then we, we went to the DC board, and she was like Satana and Black Canary and he was the Flash, but the former Impulse who had become the Flash at that time. They came to my hometown. And um, the thing is that like, you know, when it comes to your hometown, lots of times you end up not seeing the site, your local sites as much as people who are visiting. So I was like, you know, I had only been to like the major areas twice in my life. So they ended up being like better tour guides than me, and I just felt so embarrassed. Rogue and I, we, we had such a great, great chemistry online. We were just joking all the time, and it was the same in person. It was, such a, it was such an extension of that. And it's just so surreal talking about things online that happen online because when you talk about them with another online person, it's like talking about, you know, talking with friends at school about what you did that day. It feels surprisingly natural. I feel
0: like probably most people if I probably more often than not works. Like the chemistry you have is real. Yeah. You know, I think there's like and I can I'll speak to the one that I had and that was David, the one that we've talked about, because he invited me to his wedding. And I and I met him there at the airport. He had a, a cardboard cutout that said Fiffy Guy when he was waiting for me. And I think at that point we definitely were on Facebook, so it wasn't like a shock of like what we looked like. But it was definitely like far, I think far bigger one than it would be now seeing you. I mean, especially now that we've done this Zoom. I mean, it was it was amazing because he was sort of like he ushered me into his life on like the biggest weekend of his life. And, you know, I was crashing at his place up until like the night of the wedding. And then I was hoisted off to another friend, understandably. But it was like really cool. Basically, I got to know all of his friends in his life, sort of. And I was kind of like a tourist it sort of felt weird because, like, I didn't know anyone else. I didn't know the touchstones. I didn't really know David's real life. I knew the the stuff that he cared about, uh, the passions. So, yeah, it was sort of cool being in there. But everyone was very welcoming, and I remember being dragged into like the song that like all of his guy friends sang together. You know, it was clearly like a thing that they all do. And they just like, but they like dragged me in. and was like, Andy, come on in. You got to do it. I also remember chicken tenders.
1: I feel kind of guilty now because you were talking about how you didn't know anybody. You would have known one person. I almost, almost even bought a ticket, went to the wedding. Oh man, I think I yeah, so cause you were invited? I was invited. Yeah, yeah. He invited me and everything. And like he was a stupid thing. Like I don't remember if I forgot what time it was or if I overslept or whatever, but I missed the flight. And I was like, I'm so, I feel so guilty. Oh. I know I was like curled up in the bed, I'm like, oh, why? I said, David, I'm so sorry. It's like, haha, it's okay. I was like, I'll buy you something up from the wedding registry. Go right ahead. And that
0: was that. Oh man, that would have been cool to see you. But also it was kind of overwhelming experience with just meeting David. So I can only imagine it's like,
1: oh God, there's two people. There. I know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, it, I, I was feeling that too. Even when I bought the ticket, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's going to, I'm going to meet two people I, I, I know, but kind of don't know at the same time. And I'm going to meet all these people who I have no, I, no connection to at all.
0: Yeah. It's just a surreal experience. And you are sort of, you still are worried that like, oh, maybe they won't like real me yeah yeah
1: yeah. oh my gosh yeah 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 that's sort of like the fear like maybe they think i'm loud maybe they think i'm weird you know maybe they like don't like my hair
0: you know like i don't know it's just a cool experience and i'm not sure very many people have the opportunity you know yeah and and so i i I am sort of proud of that and i'm excited to cross another off the list let's see uh (laughs) see each other in person this summer on my, my road trip. Let's oh, do it. please do. Head over head
1: over to my neck of the woods. Now, now y- listeners, you now know that it's drivable. I think,
0: if anything, this is me reaching out was like, okay, I want to rekindle this relationship. I mean, it's not like we were separated or whatever, but it's just like, oh, this is, I want to do this more. Uh, and I'm really happy that you were on board. And my question to you is like, how can we be better friends going forward? Or what do you need from me? Or what do you appreciate in a friendship?
1: Man, I honestly, I guess it's acceptance, you know? And that really comes back to like the central theme of what this has all been about, right? Being online, we found a way to be accepted in a way that we weren't in real life. And honestly, like... For me, when it comes to you, no expectations. You're you're already a great friend. You're, you're so supportive. Like this whole process when we were preparing this podcast, you were just like so kind and generous. And even before when we started getting back in touch, like around the time you got married, you were just so generous. And so all I can say is just just keep being you.
0: Oh, Goki. Oh. And that's why I was online all those hours because I did feel accepted. I did... And also appreciated. I think that was sort of like, I feel so appreciated by you in this conversation and and, it, it sound, and vice versa, it sounds like. And that's amazing. I think that's what, you don't want it to feel one way. I'm always wary of feeling like people are, like I'm taking people for granted or, or taking friends for granted, you know? And I think sometimes it, it can be easy to do that or or it can seem that way. Because I think a lot of times, at least for me, I spend a lot of time thinking about people, maybe not always talking about them and sort of, and it's hard to do that. And I like, I really want to, whenever I reach out to you, it's like, I need to have time to do it and to do it properly. And I think you've always sort of maybe understood that. And I think I have more been hard on myself, of course, of being like, oh man, I didn't get to, I haven't reached out to Goki in seven months. What is wrong with me? You know? Yeah. I think exactly what you said, acceptance. And I, I accept you. And your glorious hair. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Goki, you and David and that part of my life, I think I don't have friends that are older than that, which is really cool. Uh, and it's it's awesome that it still works. I know. I, and, um, and the
1: thing is, like, it's funny. I keep in touch with so many people from my online days in many ways better than other people I knew at that age. It's one of those things where, like, if I don't hear from you in a while, I'm like, oh, well, that's OK. Because, you know, like, I'm sure I'll hear from him eventually.
0: That makes a lot of sense because that's sort of we're built for keeping in touch the way we You know, on social media or the internet, because that's how we always did. Exactly. So it's not; it's never been any different. You know, like if you meet someone in college and then move away, you're not used to keeping in touch with that person. But for us, it's like, oh, we've never actually met, so it's nothing has really changed. Exactly. Um, This is
1: almost like this is like a really good way to meet people when you think about it, because you get to know the person's personality first, right? And then when you meet them in person, you know, you're just filling in like little blanks as if it were mad libs. Most of the structure is there. Like most of what you know, of the person you already know about.
0: I think it's now just time to say farewell and thank you so much for, yeah, being Heindel for bringing us back to this magic moment.
1: It it has been a pleasure exploring the seven realms and walking around, rocking through the Bifrost with you and catching up on all this stuff. You know, it always holds a special place in my heart. Let's do this again sometime. Podcast in person, it doesn't matter. This has been a real treat for me too.
0: I'm so grateful to Goki for joining me, and to you all for listening to our conversation. Looking back now, it's clear how much I needed Spiffy Guy, Dr. Doom 2099, and why I needed this separate online identity, how much I needed Goki, AA, and Comet Castle. We built a community to feel safe, and I'm not sure I was able to properly express how much Goki meant to me here. Once college hit, I took this time of my life, this community, for granted the support and positive reinforcement I received from Goki and beyond. There are a few places that have received that level of acceptance before and since. Twenty years later, I'm still that kid trying to build a community where everyone can feel safe, no matter their identity. It's a work in progress. You can find the soundtrack to Goki's Life and all other past guest soundtracks on the Naked Man Spotify page. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell all your friends and cyber buddies. And if you want to join our community, follow us on Instagram at NakedManPod, and don't hesitate to reach out to us at NakedManPod at gmail.com. Better yet, give us a call at 747-231-7120 and share your thoughts and feelings with us. What was your AIM screen name? Where did you spend your time during the golden age of the internet? Have you met an online friend in person? Let us know. Next time on the Naked Man Pod, I invite my friend Mary Ann Tangy to discuss Wanderlust, that never-ending desire to run away, to explore and the independence and loneliness that comes out of that. In the meantime, as my dad always says, be sweet. This episode of the Naked Man podcast was conceived by Andy Green in collaboration with Gokio. The Naked Man is a podcast hosted, created, and produced by me, Andy Green. All music was composed by Robert Panico and all graphics were created by Christopher Miles.
1: Nothing will ever be the same
0: again!